This is the Scale with Psychology podcast, where you're going to optimize your psychology to exponentially scale your business and become the ultimate version of yourself. I'm your host, Ani Manian, widely known as the Mind Whisperer and trusted advisor and psychedelic therapist to the world's top entrepreneurs and leaders. And I believe that entrepreneurship is a mental game. And the main constraint in any business is not the strategies and tactics, but the psychology of the founder. And with each episode, I'm going to help you take your life in business to levels you never thought possible. If you're ready to play the game of life and business in God mode, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome back to the show. Um, I'm coming to you fresh from a weekend of insights. So I had the opportunity to create an immersive experience for a couple of entrepreneurs who are both in a relationship with each other, but they're also co-founders in the same business and they run an eight-figure company that's growing really fast. So some of the themes we were exploring was, you know, how do we make a relationship, the relationship, the primary relationship that we're in, whether our partner is a co-founder in our business or not, um, a resource? How do we make this relationship the ultimate pool of crystal clear turquoise blue water that we can swim in on a daily basis that really allows us to be more resilient, more stress-proof, more energized, more regulated, that allows us to just do so much more, so much better, um, and make much more of an impact in business. So I'll be sharing more about the insights from this weekend um, over the next few weeks, but one of the themes that I really want to talk about today is this idea of discipline. So if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a high performer, and you have been obsessed with getting more out of yourself, getting better results, growing your business, scaling, making more money, building more wealth, whatever it might be, chances are that you're not a stranger to this idea of discipline. And I want to introduce Um, some more context, more insights for you around this idea of discipline that's going to help you get much, much, much better results with a lot less stress. So when we think about discipline, we're we're really thinking and talking about getting yourself to do certain things, right? These things might be different things that you're doing right now. So it might be getting yourself to stop doing certain things. Maybe it's compulsive eating. Maybe it's um, getting yourself you know, into your email inbox as soon as you wake up. Maybe it's, um, you know, wasting time on Facebook or social media when you sit down to, you know, your most productive hours to do something, something key. So it could also be getting yourself to start doing something new, right? Maybe it's a, a workout routine that you've been meaning to start. Maybe it's, um, Maybe it's meditation. Maybe you've been really, you know, trying to get yourself to meditate, but it's just really hard. Um, or it could be some sort of a behavior change, right? So maybe you want to eat with more intention. You want to eat while being more present. You want to eat in a state of, um, of calm because eating in a state of stress, which is, by the way, what most people do is really, really, really bad for us because the body is not 
ready for food. It's actually preparing to fight threat. And so given that most people, most entrepreneurs live in a kind of stress response, um, eating in the state is not particularly good. It doesn't allow our body to digest nutrients, doesn't allow us to really fully process the food, leads to all sorts of gut issues. Um, anyway, I'm not going to go on a huge tangent. Maybe I'll record an episode on this in the future. But, you know, discipline is the art these days as it's considered. The art of, you know, doing better things, not doing certain things that are not good for us and doing some things differently. That's a easy, loose, simple um, definition we can use for what discipline is. Now, let's go deeper, right? And if you've struggled to do any of these things, stop doing something, start doing something new or change behavior, then this is going to be particularly relevant to you because I'm going to help you make this a lot easier. The first thing I want you to understand about discipline is that discipline is basically compliance out of fear. So think about where this came from for you. If you're like me, Discipline is the kind of external force that was imposed on us as kids. And typically, this was a parental figure or a person in a position of authority that imposed this external force or external expectation. And typically, in that situation, you know, as kids, we didn't have a lot of agency, we didn't have a lot of autonomy, we didn't have a lot of freedom, we didn't have a lot of choice. So, if we didn't comply, right, if you didn't study when you were told to, if you didn't go to bed when you were told to, if you didn't, you know, do things exactly the way you were asked, if you didn't comply, you were punished. I was punished. You were punished, most likely, right? In some cases, we were also guilted or shamed. So basically, we were made to feel bad about what we did or what we didn't do or how we did something. And as a result of this conditioning, we learned that there was something wrong or bad about us. So, you know, if you're a parent and you're doing this to your kids, well, pay attention first of all, but also let yourself off the hook because the kind of parents who perpetuate this sort of behavior, this very Pavlovian conditioning, you know, they are not doing this consciously. They're um, they're in their unconscious, right? They're just perpetuating what was done to them. And it's a long line of traumatized people traumatizing their kids. And, you know, the generational change continues. So, you know, this is not um, something that I want you to blame your parents for. Uh, I also don't want you to, you know, completely um, ignore or minimize what happened to you if you did experience this. I mean, my dad was very physically abusive and my mom was very uh, verbally abusive. So it was a very, very um, pressurized, guilt, shame, punishment ridden childhood that I experienced. And, you know, in that, I also want to create the space where we just understand the humanity in, you know, the, in the actions and behavior of our perpetrators. So anyway, coming back to the topic at hand, when we did something that was not deemed acceptable, uh, that wasn't the right thing, or we didn't do something we were supposed to, we were made to feel that there was something bad or wrong about us. So some kids, 
either collapsed their sense of self. So we just made ourselves smaller. We uh, invalidated ourselves, invalidated our needs, invalidated our boundaries to take on our parents' reality. I did this. Uh, again, this is something not, um, this is not done consciously. Um, you know, usually kids invalidate themselves because they want to preserve their, uh, their sense of the parent because the parent is basically keeping them safe. The parent is keeping them fed. It's, you know, the parent is keeping them, you know, in a state where they can survive. So that survival impulse is the biggest, most important thing. And preserving that relationship with the parent, making sure the parent thinks well of us is the first imperative. So often um, we engage as kids in a kind of self-devaluation. So we devalue ourselves, we invalidate ourselves, we invalidate our needs, our boundaries. Um, you know, I, I did this as a kid and, you know, it's taken a lot of work to, to come back and, and validate myself and to honor myself and honor my needs and my, honor my boundaries. Um, or so we either invalidate the self or we push back in a rebellious act of individual, in, let me repeat that in a rebellious act of individuation, individuation. Individuation is basically the developmental process when we begin to form our sense of self. We begin to recognize you know, who we are and what we need and what we think and how we think we should show up, how we should act, what we want. Um, we're individuating from our parents, right? Because when we're really young, there's no real separation between them and us. And, you know, we're really dependent on them. So this is that process by which we become ourselves. So, you know, early on, we just collapse our own needs. Later on, when we actually have the capacity to individuate, we push back. So you can imagine, likely, we do both. So I did both. I'm sure you did both too. And the reason why this is so key to understand in terms of our psychology is that I see this a lot in entrepreneurs. So as an entrepreneur, you don't have a boss, right? You don't have this external um, source of accountability. So chances are you struggle to act in a responsible way consistently without this external you know, accountability, um, you know, commitment device, someone checking up on you. And this may, if it doesn't happen in business, it may be happening in other parts of your life. It could be around your eating habits, your money habits, your exercise habits, um, whether it's content creation, anything at all, right? <clears throat> because you need to understand that your life and business is basically a system of habits that generate an outcome. So you basically are a system of these habits and programs that are designed to generate a certain outcome. And how do you figure out what that outcome is? Well, it's basically your life and business right now the amount of time you have, the amount of stress you experience, the revenues, the profits, um, you know, how in shape you feel you are or not, um, how good you feel on a moment-to-moment -moment basis. Literally every single thing in your life and business is the output uh, of the operating system and programs that you're running. So as you know, my focus on this show is to help you really optimize your psychology so that you can get better results. So if you don't have the outcomes that you want in terms of health, wealth, happiness, impact, it's because you don't have the right habits in place.
So most people try to do things and create the right habits, but they fail. And you may have experienced this yourself, whether it's with health or money or business or all of the above. So typically what an entrepreneur does is they try to impose discipline on themselves because, you know, as an entrepreneur, you may not have a boss, right? We have to be self-accountable. We have to be self-integral. We have to be self-responsible. So in a way, you are basically taking on that parental role with yourself and you're also the kid at the same time. So what happens is there's a part of you that's operating as the source of authority, which is going to default to the way your parents treated you because we all have an internalized representation of our parents. And that's what we use to discipline ourselves. And guess what? You have an inner child. You have um, a childlike role established in you that is typically the recipient that is a subject of that authority. So guess what happens? This part of you is trying to get you to do this, do that, do this other thing differently, you know, eat clean, fast, uh, exercise, you know, like watch your finances and, you know, make better decisions, make more content, um, go push yourself and do more public speaking, um, you know, hire more people, whatever it might be, right? This is the part of you that's the internalized parent that's trying to get you to do something. And then this is the part of you that's a child that's helpless, that's rebellious, that's collapsed its, you know, sense of self. And this is at the whim of this parental part of you. So what happens is the child is trying to do the opposite, right? The child wants comfort, the child wants familiarity, the child just wants to feel safe, feel good. The parent wants compliance. So what you end up with is this self-conflict, it's this internal tug of war. And so you rebel against yourself. And guess what? When you rebel against yourself and you fail, right, um, and you create the self-conflict, um, you essentially shame, guilt, and punish yourself. And then the, the in, internalized parent just increases the amount of force and abuse and punishment and shame and guilt till you either collapse here as the child, right? Or you achieve compliance, but you live at the edge of falling back because this whole thing is based on self-conflict between parts of yourself. So this is really what discipline is, right? Discipline is the art of getting yourself to do something you don't want to do. And you can imagine this whole self-conflict requires the constant expenditure of energy. It takes a lot of energy to manage. It's exhausting. And it creates internal disconnection, right? So you can't overcome this with willpower. I mean, you can right? Most people try, but they fall off the wagon. It takes a lot of time and effort. And unfortunately, when we are taking this approach, and this is what most people do, because they don't understand how their mind works, um, you risk cycles of anger, resentment, shame, guilt, and loss of trust internally. When we live in these states, I call this a low performance mind. It's very hard to get anything done or get things done well, because you know, we're just feeling shitty all the time. We're not really available and we're dealing with all this internal drama. 
Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't do hard things or, or attempt to do things outside your comfort zone or that life is going to be a cakewalk because, you know, that's that's just not true, right? Who you are, your habits right now, your thoughts, your beliefs, they're all optimized for the current set of results that you want. What I'm focused on is helping you optimize your psychology so you have exceptional success, so you have exponential success, so you have access to the primal six, which is an amazing mind and body that's your being, have a lot of internal power, have great relationships, have a lot of freedom, not just in terms of money, but also time, because without time freedom, the money is, you know, it's pointless, um, you know, that you make an impact, right? And you actually build wealth. That's the primal six. That's what um, pretty much everything I do is, is based on um, the six pillars of an exceptional life. So, I'm not saying you shouldn't attempt to do hard things. In fact, life is actually enjoyable when we attempt the impossible, when we attempt the hard things. But what I want to show you is a less dysfunctional way to break these unhelpful habits and create more helpful ones that'll help you get better results. So what I'm really proposing is that instead of discipline, instead of imposing this force on yourself and creating self-conflict, what you instead do is seek to build internal agreement around whatever it is that you want to do or don't want to do or want to do differently. So agreement is compliance that actually comes out of understanding, right? Consensus. So you can really try to do this using the following strategy. So I'm going to give you the strategies and tactics you can you can employ right now or as soon as you finish listening to this to build internal compliance and agreement with yourself. That comes out of that arises out of understanding. When you understand yourself deeper, when you're aware fully of the whole picture. So one thing you can do or this is where I recommend you start is if you have habits or actions that you take that are hurting you, hurting your health, hurting your relationships, hurting your business, hurting your state of mind, then first try to understand the negative consequence of those actions or habits. Really ask yourself, what is it, what is it costing me? What is it impacting? How is it impacting me? You have to really try and notice and become aware of how shitty it feels to say, you know, binge on food or sweets late at night, right? Very common numbing mechanism. Um, the biggest addiction in the world is actually to food because it's very socially acceptable. So we numb and self-medicate with food all the time, right? Ask yourself really, and don't just do this cognitively, but get into the body, right? Really experience how it feels in your body to binge on sweets late at night. I'm just using that as an example. It could be, you know, any action or habit. Next time you do it, let yourself do it, but really notice how shitty it feels. And at first you might get the dopamine hit. You taste amazing. I'm able to numb whatever emotional discomfort that I'm running away from. By the way, um, most entrepreneurs, they build their business as one giant coping mechanism, one giant avoidance strategy um, to turn away from the internal pain and anguish and trauma and whatever else is happening. I had a call with a, a very, very successful 10-figure entrepreneur. And what we uncovered was his entire business 
right? Was one giant avoidance trap. It was one giant avoidance mechanism. And he sold his company and basically fell into this deep pit of meaninglessness and despair and hopelessness because, you know, there just wasn't that thing that he could just pour all his time and energy and effort on to, to numb himself with, right? To avoid what was actually underneath the hood in his, in his system. So really try to understand and feel and know and experience what the, the, the bad habit, the, the unhelpful habit, let's not say good or bad, let's say unhelpful or helpful because there's just less judgment in and the language we use with ourselves really matters. Notice how that habit, in this case, let's say it's binge eating, um, you know, or eating sweets late at night, how it feels in your body, right? Right afterwards, how it feels in your mind. How do you feel? How it feels the next day? How it feels a year later when you've been doing it consistently, right? Numbing your emotions with food. How does it feel two years later when you look at yourself in the mirror at your naked body? Really feel the impact. Really try to understand the negative consequence of these habits. Then let's flip, right? Because human beings are motivated by an avoidance of pain and the pursuit of pleasure. So really try to understand now the positive consequence of making the change. So maybe instead of eating late at night, you decide you're not going to eat past 7 p.m., right? Maybe you decide that, um, and this is stuff that, you know, I've implemented in my life because I, my, my mom used to soothe me when I was a kid with food, that was her love language. And there was a lot of conflict. Uh, I didn't feel safe. Um, I was, I basically lived in fear of my dad pretty much, you know, for the first like 15 years of my life. Um, I was, you know, basically living in a trauma response. And I, my mom was feeding me food to soothe me. And so I created this association between um, food as, you know, a source of positive soothing emotion, um, especially when I felt dysregulated, when I felt afraid, when I was in a state of anxiety or stress. So, you know, something that I've, another um, positive, um, you know, change you can make, something I've done is deciding to meditate for five minutes when the urge to eat hits. And I've put my hand on my belly and repeated, I love you, I love you, I love you to my belly, right? Because usually when we reach for food, what, what we actually need is connection and then moving the attention to something positive. So um, really try to understand what the positive consequence would be to make, you know, in, in making a change. So the examples that I just gave you were like, instead of eating late at night, you just decide that you're not going to eat past 7 p.m. And when you feel the urge, you meditate for five minutes instead and do a little loving kindness to yourself right? And then move your attention to something positive. Now imagine doing this for a year, right? Doing this every night, every night for a year. You take in a lot less calories. Um, so you maybe lose weight. You take in uh, less calories late at night. And because you're not going to bed with a full stomach, your body is actually able to go into rest and repair mode. And you go into REM sleep, you go into deep sleep, your sleep gets a lot better and you wake up feeling really energized. 
Um, you have more energy and focus and mental clarity to get stuff done. You need less caffeine, right? So imagine a year, a year of like doing this every day. Imagine the compound effect of that, how the positives just build up. So a year later, maybe you're in great shape. Maybe you've gotten a lot done in your business and, you know, you've done some, some hard things that have delivered exponential results. Maybe your business grew five or 10 X over those 12 months. Maybe you feel really good about yourself. Maybe you, because of all the loving kindness, you're in such a good place with yourself that you, your self-worth, your self-confidence, your self-esteem, all of these things are just sky high, right? You feel like you're just brimming with self-worth and you feel so good about yourself. So much so that, you know, you just realize that you're capable of anything. You can accomplish anything you set your mind to. And you've built so much self-trust that you're actually able to take on big, big, audacious goals in a way that actually feels very doable and achievable, right? So imagine what that would be like. So really connect to the positive aspect, right? Sure, you may falter and give in sometimes. I'm not telling you to be perfect with these things, right? No one is. It's not possible. But over the long term, the connection, the intimacy, the alignment that you build with yourself will automatically lead you to make choices that serve your present and future self a whole lot more, right? Over the long term, it'll get easier. It'll take less energy and it'll stick longer because the byproduct of following through is more connection with yourself and more positive emotion. So give this a try. Pick one or two things that you struggle with, things that are really challenging for you to stop doing, to start doing, to change. And, you know, just go in with this idea, with this desire to connect with yourself, really connect to the the challenging negative consequences of your actions, really connect to what the positive consequences would be if you made a change right? Bring awareness to your patterns because whatever you bring awareness to changes. And this is a slightly more loving, easier, gentler way of working with yourself, right? And so I hope that I just helped you understand, you know, some of the the more dysfunctional ways in which we work with ourselves and some of the slightly more functional, more helpful, kinder, gentler, easier ways that we can get changed. Because if we can change our habits, if we can change these programs that are running in our system, we can change our results. It makes getting better results, the desired results that we want, absolutely inevitable. So give that a try. Let me know in the comments how this works for you. Uh, send me a message. I love receiving a feedback and share this out with someone in your life who you think could really benefit from this change in perspective. I love you. And remember that you are limitless. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you found value, please consider leaving a five-star review to allow the show to reach more people or share this episode via your social media channels. If you're an entrepreneur and want support in exponentially scaling your business, email me at ani at animanian.com.